Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Laura Samara Sands. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. another episode of the Fishers of Men podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a super exciting topic. We're here with filmmaker Erin Dooley, and she is going to talk to us about something super hard (laughs) (laughs) and super relevant, I think, to everyone. But we're going to talk today about forgiveness. And Erin, so would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself (laughs) <laughs> or we can get a little bit such more a broad question <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to be like Chunk in Goonies when he starts like back telling his whole story <laughs> well, in the fifth grade I did this um, sure well, can, yeah yeah I mean we wouldn't um, say no but you can give us just a more general yeah I'm a writer and producer originally from Chicago and moved out to LA about two years ago to pursue writing. Uh, I had been making films in Chicago, and uh, but wanted to focus more on the writing, so made the trek and moved out here to Los Angeles and released a documentary last year, A Way to Forgiveness, which is of course about forgiveness, mm-hmm. aptly named, and then also going to be releasing uh, a narrative feature in the spring of 2018. So, yeah, and so your documentary, A Way to Forgiveness, is basically the story of you walking the way of St. James, the Camino de Santiago. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about why you decided to walk it and what your main motivation was? Yeah, I had heard about the Camino um, about 15 years ago. Um, a friend had gifted me a book by Paulo Coelho. There's one called The Pilgrimage. So I read that and it's like, oh, what is this all about? And that same friend had actually gone on the Camino with his wife for their honeymoon. So <laughs> wow. yeah, not everybody's <laughs> idea. <but laughs> they enjoyed themselves. But uh, so that it had sort of been in my mind, but hadn't looked too much into it. And then when the movie The Way came out with um, by Emilio Estevez with Martin Sheen, I was reinterested and I... Uh, brought my then husband to see the movie because you don't just talk someone into doing a pilgrimage. It's not like, <laughs> let's go to Hawaii on a vacation. Right. Yeah. Um, so we went, he said he had been, he was, would be interested, but it takes, you know, over a month to walk. And he yeah. was like, there's no way I can get that much time off. You can walk um, about two weeks and still get the certificate. And he's like, no, it's an all or nothing thing. If you're going to mm-hmm. do it, you're going to do it. And I was like, all right, I guess we're not doing that. So then um, when our marriage ended, I thought, I need to go for a walk. <laughs> Let's do 500 miles. <laughs> sure. um, so yeah, just wanted to really needed to get outside of my neighborhood. I was still living in the home that we had shared. He had moved out, which was difficult. So just, yeah, needed to, to get out of town. And it was something that I'd always been interested to do. I, I love traveling and doing things on my own isn't really a difficult thing for me. Um, I hadn't spent that much time alone. I'm the youngest of five kids and I have a lot of, not a lot of cousins, but enough and just always around people. So it was slightly different to be so alone, but I do have that, always have had like that adventurous spirit. I've, of my four siblings, I went the furthest away to college. Like I'm always, mm, you know, sure. sort of this adventurer. 
So I went and I specifically wanted to heal and to forgive my former husband for what had transpired in the marriage. But then as a filmmaker, I was like, well, you can't not bring your camera. You don't go halfway around the world and not bring your camera. Country. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so I just brought my GoPro and my zoom recorder and, but I always made sure that that was secondary to my healing. Um, because I, I wanted to do what I set out to do, but I was recording most, most of the time, but I had only so many batteries and I wasn't recording all the time. And it's a little awkward to just meet someone and then whip out a camera and be like, Hey, so I'm going to record our entire conversation (laughs) of getting to know you. Um, so anybody that's in the film are people that I walked with um, at least more than one day. Right. Most of them I walked for quite a few days. So we had already built up, you know, a rapport and then I would get around, which is unfortunate because there are a number of people that really did impact me and some really great conversations that I sort of had to summarize in some of the voiceover, right. some of the main points that I had learned. So then, I, yeah, I walked for... Uh, it was 40 days total from end to end. I did take two days off, but I always had planned that 40 days, obviously symbolic mm-hmm. for our faith. And I walked past Santiago. Um, I walked faster than I thought. So I got to Santiago in 35 days, took a day off in Santiago, and then I walked four days to the ocean. Um, actually, two different cities on the wow. ocean. So um, all the way. Because it's like, okay... I walked 500 miles. If I just walk 50 more, I can say I walked across a country. Like, who's, who doesn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess technically, statistically, 90%, 90% of the people don't do that. But <laughs> yeah. I, I just, you know, once your body is used to walking, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really matter much That's to incredible. walk a little bit more. So. Yeah, so can we delve a little bit more into forgiveness specifically and like what, what you learned, learned about it yeah. and how how can we forgive people? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I learned a ton, obviously. Um, before I went, my I was in a divorce support group at my church, and the deacon who led that ministry had given me a book about forgiveness, and so it had a lot of different quotes about it, and so... I didn't bring the book because that was extra weight that I didn't want to carry, but I took a picture of all of the main points Mm. and that was what I used to interview people, um, just ask their thoughts on these different points. The biggest takeaway for me, I would say, is that it's a continual act. I mean, I think you can, maybe that initial act of saying, yes, I forgive somebody is a one-time thing, but to remember it and to sort of reclaim it every day is so important or not just saying that one person I keep forgiving that same act because somebody might hurt you in the exact same way or just, you know, bring up that same wound. So remembering that forgiveness, um, something that I share when I give talks on forgiveness four days after I returned, I was sitting across from my former husband in, um, at our attorney's office, we were about Mm -hmm. to go to court. So, that was very difficult because I'm still sort of like, if you've ever been on a retreat and you come home and you're like on this retreat high. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just amp that up. That's like the Camino high because yeah. it's such a great experience. And then to be just kind of slammed back into reality by, by facing this person it was difficult. And so I had taken a picture of something along the way and I kept that on my phone. So that helped to sort of center me. And then even, even since, you know, things have come up 
And just to, to remember, no, you know, you did do this work, you did achieve forgiveness, just to, to remember that and that it's every day you can make that decision. I mean, everything in life is a choice. Um, it's how you react to things is your choice sometimes, but everything, there's a choice in everything. Um, and that's, I guess, my, my biggest takeaway is continuing to do that and making sure that you have for me, this forgiving attitude, I think I'm, I think I'm a calmer and more empathetic person, but also to not get walked over because, yeah. you know, you can set boundaries still without saying you can, you know, giving permission to hurt you, giving someone permission to hurt you again in that same way. You know, if it's a family member and they're always doing the same thing, you know, you can forgive that, but you can also say, I'm not going to put up with this behavior that whole, you know, idea of tough love, you know, it's, you might have to not be around them as much, but you can still forgive them. Right. So those kind of uh, ideas, but yeah, that forgiveness is just all around us. I mean, you know, you're just, you're driving, you have to forgive the people in LA that don't know how to drive. <laughs> um, and, you know, just every, in one of the, the men, I didn't, I only knew him a few days, but he was, he's a big part of one of the big scenes in the film and he it's not this part isn't in the film um but he had said that every morning he just when he wakes up he just says god help me forgive everybody that i encounter today just this preemptive forgiveness <laughs> nice and it it kind of struck me because sort of funny but it's like no that's that's kind of good to kind of nip it in the bud and to decide to, to decide that yeah exactly so that was interesting yeah and just the, the way that people look at forgiveness that one part that is in the movie, um, another pilgrim that I walked quite a bit with, he likened it to learning a language mm-hmm. that, you know, it takes while at the be- it takes a while at the beginning to, um, to understand. And, you know, you know, you might fumble and you might not quite say the right words or whatever, but then after a while it becomes that second nature and it becomes your language. And that was really helpful. And I think that that's something that sort of stuck in my brain and just kind of like, stayed there for a little bit until I was ready to like really understand that or maybe fully grasp it and fully say, yeah, like I really like that analogy. And that's kind of how I try to live then is to, to have that language of forgiveness be something that I speak. Right. What are other things that you have, set in practice for that daily reminder of forgiveness? Are there things, are there verses, are there prayers, are there rituals? Mm, that's interesting. Um, I, I think going through it, it was, or right after, it was more of, you know, having these reminders of pictures and things like that. So I, I don't think I have... Yeah, any ritualistic thing anymore, especially as I, it's just more a different frame of mind so that if something comes up, I just try to stop myself. So I think it is just that, that new sort of way of behaving, that new language to, that it's, it comes at me a little bit differently. Um, I try to take a little bit more time um, reacting to things. Um, Of course, it's a lot easier when somebody else, you know, situation is happening around you, you're not the one in it, I can be, of course, everybody that's know what to say when you're not the one in it. Um, but I've noticed that that, and then that helps me to be like, okay, well then when I am one of those people that's directly in that, hopefully I can also be that calmer 
as if I was that third party or mm-hmm. closer to Detach that. Detach yourself. Yeah, to, to yeah. say, okay, like, it's not the end of the world. That Yeah, I think I've, I, I kind of have that uh, a different view of just everything. You know, you walk across the country. I had, normally, people make... Um, think it's it's somewhere like you make 15,000 decisions or some you know really huge number and on the Camino I'm like I think I made six decisions a day yeah <laughs> you're yeah. you're just walking yeah yeah what do you have One to decide which outfit all right I have two One is <laughs> I might still be wet from washing it yesterday so I'm not gonna wear that one yeah. um which of the two places to eat am I gonna eat it's just it's so pared down and so then that helps you yeah focus. be able to just dis- decide what's really important and just yeah be mindful have your time with god have your you know just better mm-hmm. conversations with people it just frees yourself you up and um and once you've had a taste of that it's really nice and you know try to invite that into your life and just the way that people um primarily of course you know every, like anywhere there's you know rotten people so but most people on the camino are going there for some experience yeah. so People are very kind to each other, giving each other a lot of space. You know, we could be walking right next to each other and you could turn to me and be like, you know, Aaron, can you just stop talking? Because I don't want to talk right now. And, you know, outside you'd be like, man, like, what did I say? You know, you make it all about you and you get all like freaked out and, oh, maybe you'd get mad at that person. But there you're like, okay, that person needs some space right now. I'm going to just respect that. And it's just a different way of sort of interacting that I also try to adopt that, you know, in addition, and maybe it all relates to this forgiveness because it, I, I think I use the word grace a lot more, just trying to extend people grace because you don't know what they were dealing with and people act out of hurt and fear a lot. Like yeah. so much is driven by people being hurt in the past or just being afraid mm-hmm. in whatever yeah. way that's going to take shape, but they're afraid of something. They're afraid of being rejected, afraid of right. being whatever. And that drives a lot of human behavior. So if you can realize that it's not about you a large part of the time, then you can extend people that grace. And that is, I think, another big thing that like a takeaway for me of trying to just be more graceful to people. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the Camino was very conducive for a meditative space where you were able to even, like you said, when you're walking with people or you're with people, you all are all are there for a specific purpose, like either to focus or to learn forgiveness or to let go past hurts, which uh, you're right. We don't, especially in L.A., we don't have space for ourselves. We don't make space for ourselves. We don't make margin. We don't even have quiet time. We don't <laughs> really? have quiet yeah. time. We have noise everywhere. 24 seven. Yeah. Um, while on this walk, I wanted to ask you, how do you know when you've arrived at a place of forgiveness? I mean, it is something that you're constantly having to remind yourself, like you said, but how do you know when, when you have reached that space of, okay, I, I forgive, like whether it's a specific person mm-hmm. or specific hurt that is reoccurring because of whatever reasons mm-hmm. in your past, how do you know that in yourself to realize okay, I, I have grown past this. And of mm-hmm. course, you still have to cap it with a little protection, of course. You, you don't want to put yourself back in those mm-hmm. situations. So what, where's that balance and how do you know? Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a big question with the issue of forgiveness. Yeah. Um, yeah, how do you know? For me, going into it, a big part was me thinking that it would feel different, like this yeah. magical feeling. And um and what I came to realize is that it's not a feeling because, 
like anything, you know, you don't really trust your feelings because our feelings are very fickle and they ebb and flow and it's a, it's an act of the will. Mm. And, but even yet still, even though, okay, you can say, understand, okay, this is an act of the will. I'm going to choose to do this, but still just making that choice doesn't mean you magically forgive still. I did have this forgiveness deadline, as I call it, which is ridiculous to give you (laughs) to decree. For me, I knew that I would arrive whenever I arrived. There's a, um, it's called the cruise de ferro, the iron cross. So you leave a rock from your home there, you know, and if you've ever been to, again, a retreat, you know, that's something that's often done for you to like give up something, you know, whatever weight you're carrying, you give it up. Um, So I know that this was coming. And so I had a rock from the home that we shared and I wrote his name on it and I, I put forgive and I put his name. So that was the day that I was like, okay, like, this is the day that I have to forgive. Like, I, I really didn't give myself any exit strategy of if you don't forgive, which in retrospect is ridiculous. Right. Um, so even that morning, part of the film is, um, no, it was the day before a lot of it. And I was very nervous because I realized even just that day before, I was like, wow, like I really don't know if I'm forgiving. I didn't have any of these different feelings. I didn't know right. what it was. So I had stayed about five kilometers shy of the of where the cross is. There's a village. And so I got up early in the morning and I'm walking with sunset with the sunset sunrise rather. And um, and I get there and it was a very powerful moment. And it took about a half a mile or three quarters of a mile past it where I just had to stop walking because I did have for me and maybe it's different because I was in such a outside of my normal everyday activities that I had, I did have a feeling where I felt um, my shoulders were lighter. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just wasn't carrying this weight. And I realized I had to stop and I took out my camera again. And I was like, that, wow, that this actually happened. Like I made this deadline and, and it really, you know, God did grace me with forgiveness. Um, and I definitely felt a shift to get there. I think one thing that helped me was that I constantly was praying, not just for myself and to get to forgiveness, but, um, I prayed for him. And of course the prayers changed. They started off very selfish, you know, God, let him be sorry. God, let him realize this. I hope he regrets everything. Yeah. Um, but then as, as it progressed through, it really just said, you know, God, let him, and this is, I don't know if when I started using this phraseology, but even to this day, when I pray for him, I just say, you know, let him be the God, the man that you're calling him to be just, and you know, the specific things that had happened, I was, you know, praying for him to get over those for himself though. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're able to pray for somebody else, it's a lot more difficult to be angry at them or to hate them or anything like that. And so that if, if I'm talking to somebody that has any faith, whatever their, you know, tradition might be starting with prayer is I think a, a big part that would help them to have that feeling to feel different. And But even again, you know, like I said, I was uh, facing him after court and we went through trial and it was difficult. So I I didn't have that same feeling, but like deeper peace, you know, like anything, you know, God calls us to do a lot of difficult things and you might not feel great in one way, but really you have that like deep down in your gut peace 
Yeah. Even if uh, there's some other difficulty about it. And so yeah. I think that that's a very long answer to the, yeah. the, the no, feeling no, no. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much of what you were talking about, about forgiveness, I've often heard love described the same way where mm. it's not so much a feeling, but a choice an action, mm. something you're doing every day and you're reminding yeah. yourself and you're making the choice to do forgiveness, to do love. Yeah. Um, there's a great film called Paris One of the storylines and remind me if you catch it, it's the man whose wife was dying, but he was going to leave her. Oh. Um, and then he, at the end, it's like he was about to leave her. He finds out that she's dying and then so he says that I'm going to, like, take care, somehow decides that I'm going to take care of her until she's gone mm-hmm. instead of leaving her right away. And then by the end, he says something like, um, by acting like a man in love, I became a man mm-hmm. in love. Yeah. And it's so true when you yeah. talk about praying for those that have hurt us. That has been counseled to me many times, like, pray for this person because it's going to be so difficult to hate them or have any mm-hmm. bitterness towards them if you are taking this person to God and if you are genuinely praying for them, mm-hmm. not in the selfish way where we often do, I'm sure, where yeah. like make them make them see that they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but if we are truly praying for them, we truly care about them uh, in, in a divine way that can't be of ourselves. It is difficult to stay in that place of anger. Mm-hmm. So, and have you found, or throughout your journey, has it been difficult to balance like anger over objectively wrong things that happened to you that someone else did mm. with trying to get over it? And I mean, I, I just find that there is like a tension, and I'm still trying to find it kind of in my own life of being able to allow myself to feel like to have valid feelings about mm-hmm. something, but at the same time to let it go in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Cause you don't get over it right away. So yeah. I definitely felt the feelings and yeah, something that I say in my talks when I show the film is something that you have, you have to give up that idea of, you know, control because you can't control the situation, but then even, if you do wallow in those self feelings, like it's definitely healthy to acknowledge your feelings. And especially, yeah, like you say, if it's objectively wrong, they did this, then you're even righteous in that anger or whatever, but still that anything can be turned to bad. Right. So even if you're right, Mm. you still can forgive because if you just stew in that, it's going to eventually turn into you just making it into something more than it not more than it was, but it, a different, you know, it's more bitter than it yeah. would need to be. You're like um, poisoning yourself. Yeah. And, and if you cling to that, you know, that righteousness, you're becoming, you're just holding on to that like victim mentality, you know, oh, well, maybe I was hurt and there's nothing I can control, but at least I'm, I'm right and they're wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what does that get you? Like my mom, whenever she was teaching us all to drive, she would say, you know, if you are angry in traffic or whatever, well, okay, just let the other person go because if you get into a car accident just because you had the right of way, well, you still got into an accident. <laughs> so, you know, so you might have been right. That's but, a really good analogy. But what, what, what does it matter? And it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. so you're right and the other person is objectively wrong, maybe, but still. It's a posture of heart. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, look at God. I mean, of course, our biggest example as Christians is Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
was right. <laughs> he was he like, was literally he all the time. Like, yeah. yeah, and like, literally the only person that has ever existed that has always been right 100% of the time. Yeah, <laughs> he could not be wrong. And then, but he took it on himself and, yeah. and he hung there and he let them do this. And, you know, that's our example is even if we are completely in the right, we have to... Not that we have to like willingly accept, you know, abuse like he did, but, but that forgiveness part of it is that it's still, yeah, because, and that, that was a huge turning point for me was when you forgive, when you don't have that apology, because it just was so, I mean, the part in the film where I break down like that, that was so, so difficult because and even if you get an apology, but you can tell it's not sincere and it's, you know, and we see it, of or course. I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you see it in all of these things that we're yeah. dealing with in the press with yeah. all these, you know, celebrities or politicians. And they come out with these completely inauthentic apologies. And you're like, no, that's that's made it worse. Like when you when you apologize like that, like, I'm sorry that you had this feeling or you interpreted it this way. Mm-hmm. It makes it worse. But to to get past that and to say, I still can forgive that was really helpful. And it's interesting because with God, we, we have to be sorry. Like God will always forgive us, but we have to be repentant. Mm -hmm. But with our relationships, you know, if you hurt me, you don't have to be sorry for me to forgive you. I mean, maybe for you to accept the forgiveness, you would have to acknowledge because otherwise you're like, well, you don't need, you might even get angry. Like, why are you, you know, forgiving me? I haven't done anything wrong. Um, but, yeah. but that, but that forgiveness still happens whether or not you acknowledge that you did it wrong. Whereas it's different, right. you know, with our relationship yeah. with God. It's more about our, our right relationship to whatever happened. Or this yeah. Situation. And our health. And, yeah. uh, and that was in the film too. One guy from uh, Australia, he was very adamant that, if you're only forgiving for yourself, then it's not really forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that really, like, that was a bee in my bonnet. I was like, what are you talking about? But I've sort of, because he was connecting uh, forgiveness and reconciliation. He's like, well, if you're only forgiving for yourself, then you're not trying to reconcile. And so I do look at it slightly different than I had when I was over there. I think I'm a little bit more understanding that I think reconciliation, at least in the ideal, I think it should be part of the equation if possible and even if you can't like if it's an abuse situation or something where you okay you can't reconcile in as much as having that same relationship dynamic but I heard a priest talk about like a year later and this is sort of what shifted my thinking on it is that you have to be ready because if we are again going to follow God's example he's always ready he always has that door open for the penitent to come back and to reestablish that relationship. So that's, if we're truly going to live up to the call of forgiveness with God's example, then we have to, as well, open that door. And again, it might not be that same specific relationship dynamic, but if that person is going to come and say, I'm sorry, and if they want to be a part of your life, you kind of have to be ready to figure out a way to, at least just don't slam the door in their face. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which... Yeah, it was difficult to hear then. I just, you know, sometimes you hear things and you're not ready to hear them. So I don't think when I had heard that challenge and that um, connection between forgiveness and reconciliation, at that point, I wasn't ready to to hear it. 
to, but did you end up talking to your ex-husband about all this? And I told him at court, not like on the stand, but afterwards. <laughs> um, that would be a really cool dramatic movie moment. <laughs> the music swells. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but afterward, and it was, it, it's sort of funny because our attorneys were like watching us there and, and the attorneys like they are constantly going up against each other so they know each other like i'm sure they go out to lunch together like they have no beef mm-hmm. with each other yeah so they're just like sitting watching us and i just went up to him because we had some whatever we I needed to talk to him about something and then i just was like well i should just tell him so i was like oh you know i i forgive you and he was so like, okay. <laughs> what do you mean, okay? Like, it was not the reaction. I don't know what I was expecting. Right, but, yeah. Um, so we didn't get, get into any big conversation. And we've never, I mean, I've had to talk to him actually very recently about something, which was super weird. But we haven't, like, delved into anything because, I don't know. Just yeah. let sleeping sleeping dogs lie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting because often I go back and forth and think, do I need to go out and seek those that have hurt me or I feel like I might have hurt? And the importance of actually having that face to face. How how important is that? Because of course there's the part of me that's like, I just don't want to go there. I could just forgive them from afar or, right. you know, it's been a while. Maybe they forgot about what that thing I did. With them. You know, like, <laughs> right. you know, just try to dismiss it. So how, how important is it to do that, to, to seek out those that you are still able to? Um, obviously we wouldn't want anybody to go back to a, like an abusive situation right. or anything yeah. like that. So not talking about that, but mm-hmm. just like regular everyday, maybe not every day, but you know, like yeah. the, right. The normal yeah, stuff. Yeah, kind of run of the mill, whatever yeah. stuff. I would, two parts, I guess. So if you are like the offender and you finally realize, okay, yeah, I, I did something wrong and I understand the other person's point of view. Or even maybe if you still don't think you did something wrong, but you can at least understand that, okay, that person is hurt. And without giving that like bad apology, I'm sorry you had those feelings. But, um, <laughs> but I think that, it would be super awesome if everybody was able to swallow their pride and and own up to yeah. what they did. You know, I had a friendship that unfortunately ended because they perceived my behavior in a certain way. And it was the exact opposite of what I was trying to do. And, yeah. and I apologized and said, please, you know, I'm sorry. You know, can we restore this friendship? And, and she chose not to. Um, and that's really difficult. But I think that. So if you're at like the offending party, if you can. I think it's great because yeah, of course. Yeah, you might be giving somebody such a relief. Um, you know, if they if they really have if that's what's holding them back, hearing somebody say I'm sorry, you know, you could just be giving them this huge gift, just lifting the, such a weight off of somebody. And you know, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, you know, bear each other's burdens and lighten each other's loads and help get to each other to Christ. So if we're helping somebody else learn to forgive. And if all it takes is for you to give that apology. So that's on that side. If you are the one who's forgiven, I don't know if it's necessary. I don't know that I would have sought him out to say anything. Mm -hmm. It was just that I was literally 
a foot away. Like we were in a yeah. conversation. And so I thought, well, uh, I'll tell him because just in case it's helpful mm-hmm. because it's something that I say uh, in my talks at the end about whether or not you can, you should, or uh, communicate forgiveness. Because if you are constantly told, you know, you're a bad person because you did this thing, you know, especially, you know, if you work with kids, you know, it's so easy for these kids to get pigeonholed. Oh, you're the troublemaker. You're the bookworm. You're this, you're this, you're this. So the more we tell people, then that's, you're just going to live into what people tell you you are. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is constantly saying you're a bad person because you did this bad thing, then you might really think it about yourself, or at least you're going to act that way with that person because it's like, well, that's what they think about me anyway. Yeah. So if you can, you know, change it. And again, it goes back to me trying to give people grace to say what you did is wrong. What you did was wrong, just objectively. But I forgive you and you are still a good person. There is goodness in you. Mm-hmm. You can, oh man, I just think, especially if, if you're on the receiving end of that, you know, this person that you know you hurt, and if they're able to still see that goodness in you, I just think that would be really powerful. And if yeah. if we could give each other that grace more. And I think that's part of why, even though it was very difficult to forgive, I think maybe why I got there faster than some people or what. It's just I do know that there's a lot of goodness in my former husband. And a lot of things came as a surprise because I didn't know. And so I still always, I guess, had that a version of him in my mind. And maybe that's also why I did decide to tell him because I still wanted to uplift that part and can, you know, affirm Mm. those things. So yeah, I guess that's what I would say about communicating. Yeah. Just, we're supposed to love one another. So I think this is just another way to love, you know, even in the the most, some of the more, more difficult times is swallowing your pride on either side of it. And, I think that's the thing that gets us in trouble the most. It's our pride. Yeah, probably. Yeah, pride goes before the fall. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, how do you draw the line if you're in a situation that's maybe not abusive, but like you mentioned before with family members or, you know, that you're kind of stuck with your family? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess. (laughs) So it's not necessarily abusive, but you still will be in contact with this person. But then, you know, like I have a situation of someone in my family that it's like, I just keep finding out more and more stuff about them, like more and more bad stuff um, that I didn't know the entire situation. And so it's just like every time I just, and and I, I really love your analogy of forgiveness as a language because it's something that you're actively doing and practicing. And, and also the way to learn a language is to fail at it, (laughs) you know? So um, you kind of first have to be aware of like, okay, well, I'm not in a very forgiving place right now and that's kind of the signal that I need to but it's it's also really hard when I keep learning about information from the past and kind of continually getting upset all over again and yeah yeah I mean and especially if the person is just going to keep doing the same behavior I mean yeah it's super tough because you know they always say the best apology is change behavior so you're like okay do you not even get it do you not see that what you're doing is hurting like maybe it's not quote-unquote wrong but if it's still just hurting somebody and just rubbing them like can you not do something um so part of it 
I think some, you know, like if you can talk about it, I mean, I know this can be awkward and or difficult sometimes. Sometimes it's just, if you just change your behavior, in some situations, it can change the others. And sometimes you have to, you know, work a long time to keep reacting in a different way yeah. so that they're going to react in a different way. Yeah. So it's not going to be the first time you do it. But a lot, you know, there's been studies where, you know, you could change a lot as a person, but then, man, you get back with your family origin. Yeah. And you are <laughs> back to be that. Again. Ex- yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. my gosh. And yeah. they know how to push your buttons. I mean, I've got three older brothers. And, yeah, we all get along, and it's great. But, you know, just the one story. Oh, Aaron, you got all upset the one time I broke the cassette tape. Yeah, and then I'll be like, I did, and apparently I still am. And it's like, it's so stupid. But, you know, yeah, we, you, you just, you know how to push each other's buttons. But if you can react. And, I, and I've tried that, like, another brother. It's like, okay, just don't react. You know, he's doing this for a purpose. So yeah. just don't react. Um, so I, this seems to, yeah, that then it passes. So, um, so part of it's just managing that, but, or yeah, you just, you, you have to maybe limit the interactions with the people. I know, mm-hmm. you know, as we, you know, when we come around holidays, you know, I've heard things on the radio where like, well, I have to be around this family member. So what do I do? And it's, yeah, sometimes you just have to have your pleasantries and then, you know, you know, your own limitations of where you can. So, so yeah, cause you can't, always have that same relationship or this close relationship but as long as you're not you know slamming a door in someone's face and being there yeah so it probably isn't like this big solid answer but oh, it's yeah all, yeah it's, it's if all, there was a like get rich quick kind of scheme right. to forgiving people i mean yeah we would uh it's on oh, sale on my website for nine ninety nine. dollars At the end of the movie, you reveal the secret yes. of how to forgive instantaneously. Oh, uh, it's <laughs> But in, uh, when you were talking about, you know, again, that idea that forgiveness is a language and how... But also, you know, what's the best way to learn a language is immersion. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of just diving in and and saying, I'm just going to do it. And then... Yeah, fumbling your way through, but just living in that the ideal. Yeah, because and like you, you were mentioning with that movie, you know, if I if I act like a person in love, I'm going to be in love. Mm-hmm. Well, if you act like a forgiving person, you're going to become a forgiving mm-hmm. person, or insert whatever that virtue you want to grow right. is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's yeah. really good. I think with all the virtues, it's like that. Like if if you're just like looking at them from afar and admiring them, you're not really going to grow. Right. Yeah. You might have a great intellectual appreciation yeah, for right. them. But you're not interacting. You're not engaging. You're not. Yeah, exactly. You're Because they're like muscles that you're building. Exactly. Up. Yeah. 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 Like any muscle. The first time you work out, it's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. But uh, so a life of being a hermit not an option if you want to grow <laughs> it's probably the only way you would have to not forgive people though <laughs> you still have to forgive yourself i'm sure you'd like annoy yeah, yourself with something true. can we talk about forgiving yourself did you was that an aspect of this whole journey as well yeah that was um pretty much the first thing that i learned so um if you've seen the movie the way or have seen any there's other Camino movies as well it's called the hill of forgiveness it's i think a day or two past pamplona so there's these metal cutouts of all these pilgrims. So it's a pretty iconic mm-hmm. place. I had always intended, I did like three significant things. So I already talked about leaving the rock at the Cruz de Ferro. And then in Santiago, I 
left my wedding band. I donated it to the church and I was like, well, it's gold. Maybe they can sell it and make some, you know, money from the church, whatever. So, but the first thing I did was at the Hill of Forgiveness, I had my um, 10 year anniversary ring. So I had planned to bury it at this pilgrim thing. And I was completely unprepared because that was only a week in. And I had lost my luggage, so there was also, like, all of that drama or, you know, frustration with that. And just, you know, climbing mountains for the first time in my life. You know, it was just a lot going on beside me trying to learn to forgive. But leading up to that, so I was nowhere near forgiving him. But the first thing that did come was me recognizing those times, acknowledging his feelings and saying, okay, like, Yeah, I still, you know, what he did was wrong. It was a wrong reaction. But to realize, okay, when I did X, this is maybe how he was perceiving it. This is how he was feeling when I did this. He reacted in a poor way, but still he had those feelings that are valid and I I could understand them more. And so I was, you know, forgiving myself for those. I mean, it was still very much, you know, involved with the relationship, but other things as well, you know, just taking that time to, to look at myself and say, um, where are other ways that I want to grow beside forgiveness? And so that was definitely the first thing. And I think that for me, I guess that, I don't know if it would be the only way to forgive yourself because I think most people do, you know, we, we're more critical of ourselves and a harder time forgiving yourself. So if you can forgive yourself, maybe it's easier to forgive others, but, but then also we can, we look at our good points a lot more and not our bad ones. I think we, oops. Um, we also um, talk, but then when we look at other people, we, we look at their bad behaviors more. So it's like, yeah. I don't really know how, if it's quote unquote better or worse or easier or harder to forgive yourself or others. But that was just the way that it happened for me was that I did forgive myself first. And yeah, it was a good, it's a good setup for me. It helped. Yeah. Well, it sounds like at least it helped you to humanize your ex-husband a little bit. Yeah, and for sure. I think that definitely helps with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So if people want to see your film, The Way to Forgiveness, how can they see it? There is a website, awaytoforgiveness.weebly.com. I use that free service. That's <laughs> on. Or if you go to dashentertainmentllc.com, that's has all my projects, and it's right on the homepage there. And it's 45 minutes, so people can buy a DVD or they can rent it online for three days. And cool. I do tour around, so if small groups or you know churches, large churches or whomever, I come and I give a about a 25-minute talk on forgiveness in conjunction with the film. So I have um, gone throughout the Archdiocese of L.A., but I'm open to go wherever um, to, yeah. you know, to screen the film. And I've been to your talk, and I loved it. Oh and God. also has different bonus content that was not discussed here. <laughs> so it's still worth it to go. <laughs> and it has changed, actually, from, oh, really? the, from the first time. Because the thing about, you know, learning a language, you... you mm-hmm learn new words and you learn new phrases so um and the more you know you you don't make a film on forgiveness and not have a lot of discussions about forgiveness right so um yeah and you said that people have come up to you right and and talked about their own stories yeah yeah because it it is a very vulnerable film I mean 
you see me cry and I, I lay it all out there. So people answer that vulnerability with vulnerability of their own and they Aww. definitely share their stories with me. And so Brittany Brown would be so proud. <laughs> that has taught me to be a more empathetic listener. And but yeah, people have talked about forgiveness in a lot of different relationship aspects because yeah, my journey was the end of a marriage, but I don't give any of the details purposely so that people can insert themselves. So yeah, so talks, there's been a few additions to the talk in the past few. I think the one that you had gone to was the first one with slightly, slight variations mm-hmm. on things. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> and um, so speaking of your other projects, you have a really exciting one coming up. Pretty soon. I do, yeah. It is a Christian musical, which is still, even though I filmed it a while ago, it's still the first of its kind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which I hope that doesn't mean that it's not. But um, uh, It uses contemporary Christian music that you'd hear on the radio if you like listening to that music. Um, And it uh, weaves all the songs together, five different storylines. Uh, it's called Broken and Beautiful. It comes out on Ash Wednesday online or on DVD. And then I'm doing a 10-city tour, premiering in uh, Pasadena, then going out to Dallas, New Orleans. I'm going down the OC first. Then Dallas, New Orleans, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, Memphis, and the home of Christian music, Franklin, Tennessee. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll be flying around and so that's broken and beautiful movie.com Oregon dash entertainment llc.com so yeah I'm very excited to share that film it's Ash Wednesday in Pasadena Ash Wednesday is online or you can buy the DVDs the day following on the 15th of February is when it'll play in Pasadena wait Ash Wednesday is on February 14th yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah so it's been very yeah I figured with Ash Wednesday and we with do Valentine's yeah. Day, I was like, no one's going to come out to see my movie. Like, they're either going to have getting ashes or they're going on a date. And so, or both. Or both. Yeah. So or they're date. having a date of going yeah, to mass. Eating so. fish or fasting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, not going out to dinner. <laughs> right. Just staring at each other with ashes on their forehead. Happy like Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Day. <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> That. I just reminded you of your death. <laughs> awesome. So it's the day after yeah, all of cool. that. So people can, you know, eat the popcorn at the movie and not have to fast. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's great. We should, um, we'll throw that up onto our website and your Facebook. Right. It'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, well, it's, that pretty much wraps it up. Obviously, we're uh, perfect at forgiving now. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. My job is done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Erin, for coming and for spending this time with us today. Yeah, and we for look coming. forward to your film coming out on Ash Wednesday slash Valentine's Day <laughs> <laughs> online. We'll have uh, notes in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been another episode of Fishers of Men. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or find us on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men. Follow us on Twitter at at LA Gone Fishing or on Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There is an underscore after each word. Please also remember to rate and make comments on iTunes if you feel so inclined. It's really important so that other people can discover our podcast. I'm Larson Mary Sams. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. Until next time, keep swimming.